here at Eastgate. Those who don't know you, my name is Greg Lanyon. I live here in Toowoomba and uh, my wife Jill is with me and uh, we're uh, proud parents of four children and nine grandchildren and we think that's God's blessing to us and our greatest achievement in life. And so I come this morning to share a word that something has been on my heart for many months and I have the opportunity to share around at a few churches around the area and um, it's a real blessing to be able to open the word of God and I take it very seriously and it's something that we in our churches across our nation need to take it seriously, a lot more seriously than we are at the moment. I've titled my message foundational thinking and before I get into it I'd just like to come before the throne of grace in prayer our heavenly father we come before you this morning we've come before you in an attitude of worship and praise and thankfulness for our salvation and father with that comes great responsibility and lord we've been blessed beyond all measure because all that Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary. But Lord, this morning as we look into your word that you might be the teacher, that we might all hear from you this morning and what you have to say for us, Lord, and we might be encouraged from your word and we might be challenged and empowered to go on in our walk with you this week. And Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to share together. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last several months in particular, I have been, and I guess many of you, become more concerned by the trajectory of our state and our, and our nation more broadly. Now more openly than any time in history, the wicked and evil agenda that is being pushed and legislated by our leaders is unprecedented. For your interest, just yesterday I found this out. I believe that in the coming weeks, three federal senators in the federal government are putting a bill forward to protect babies that survived from botched abortions aren't left to die. We have to legislate and write into law to protect these babies from being left to die. This is so tragic. So how low have we gone as a nation? I don't believe we can go any lower. And I listened to that story yesterday and how a nurse in the Darwin Hospital sat there because she had her hands bound and watched a baby die over an hour and a half after it was botched in abortion, a full-term abortion. The area in the world we are facing as believers in the church is now in uncharted waters. And I believe without reservation that we as believers need to commit to be taught the scriptures and to equip ourselves to understand the ways that we can live a victorious Christian life in this world. And how we can be his ambassadors here in Toowoomba or wherever he places us. And some of you folks here may be working in a workplace where it's illegal to even talk about the Lord. 
This is why I believe it's fundamentally important that we go back to the beginning of Scripture and remind ourselves and get our foundational thinking right. I get to travel a bit in my occupation and thankfully our mobile phones have, I will get G3 most of the places I go to, and I'm able to listen to a lot of great sermons and messages and listen to what's going on in world events. And it's scary. And as a grandfather and a father, it's very important for me to bring my children and my grandchildren before the throne of grace every morning and ask God to protect them and bless them. Let's go back to Genesis. The first, cha- first 11 chapters of Genesis is fundamental for us to know and understand today. And as interesting as I started preparing this message, I went on websites on churches across our city, once known as the City of Churches. I remember being involved with Gideon's back in the 80s and there was 130 churches in our city. And I looked up there and went on their statement of faith to see where they stood when it come to the biblical count of a creation. And I have to say, out of the ones I looked at, I only found three churches that mentioned God as creator only. There's nothing more about that. And yet this is fundamental to our belief because God created the world in six literal days. And I make no apologies for standing on that word, the word of God. The first 11 chapters of Genesis will cement our foundational thinking. As every biblical, every biblical theology and doctrine has its foundations in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Everything that is happening in our world today had its origins in Genesis 1 to 11. Nothing new is to go, nothing's new for God. Everything that's going on in our world today happened in those first 11 chapters. There's never been a more relevant time in our history for us to delve into Genesis so we get a better foothold so we can push back on our culture of today. Let me ask a question to all of us, including myself. If someone asks you a question about the things that are happening in our world, which included things like climate change, abortion, the LBTQI, transgenderism, council culture, our corrupted education system, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, pornography, and God is being removed from our school. Parents have to opt into RI now, and much more. How would you answer? How would you answer that question? Most of us would be challenged. Where do you get biblical answers from foundational thinking? These cultural issues we face today all had their origins in Genesis 1 to 11. Being grounded in biblical foundational thinking and understand we can give a true biblical-based answer to those who are seeking because in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Always be ready to make a defence to everyone who asks to give an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness and fear. The word defence here is the root word we get, the word apologetics. 
from, which means to know and to give logical reason for the defence of our faith. Expository and apologetic preaching is almost extinct in our churches today. I'm thankful that we have things like YouTube and that because I get the opportunity to listen to some fantastic expository Bible teaching. A survey was completed in Australia by Christian researchers back about 2018 and from 2011 to, 2008, uh, 2011 to 2017, anyone who called themselves Christian in our country, it, the percentage dropped from 45 to 45% from 61%. And now we're another seven years later. In the same survey, anyone who classed themselves as not religious or non-religious increased from 22% to 46%. Even Christian in our churches are becoming desensitised to the moral relativism permeating our culture. A recent survey in the US of all pastors surveyed, only 36% regarded themselves as holding a biblical worldview. That's horrifying. I plead with you folks as you consider and pray for a new pastor Make sure he believes and has a strong biblical conviction in the literal biblical account of the six days creation with no additional extras. And I'll cover that additional extras shortly. The majority of biblical foundational thinking up to the 18, early 1800s was a literal six day account of creation. So up to the 1800s, predominantly the thinking in the church was a six day literal account of creation. And then what happened in the early 1800s? We had a man called Charles Darwin who produced two books in particular which was a direct attack on God and the divine inspiration, infallibility and the inerrancy of the scriptures. It was literally and still is the gospel of Satan. That's evolution. Evolution is the gospel of Satan. It's been taught in our schools for 50 plus years as fact. And it's not fact, it's a theory, and it's from the pit of hell. We need to call things for what they are. Bible theologians of the day tried to fit into the biblical account of creation by adding theistic evolution was one of those things. In saying God started it, and evolution took place, and God added a bit here, a bit there, and a bit somewhere else. The trouble is with that is that that actually adds millions and years and years to the account of creation. And the major problem with that is that at the end of creation, God created his most exciting part of creation. The, the crown of his creation was man and woman. And he created them in his own image. And he created them perfect. And so that rolls out the whole account of evolution because evolution is all about death and dying. How could God, how could Adam and Eve be bought, made billions of years later and there's no sin in the world? There'd been no death in the world until Adam and Eve. And we need these truths to help us to grow in our faith and get our knowledge from the word of God and be biblical foundational thinkers. And I can't stress enough that the evolution is the gospel of Satan because it had its impact on our world today. Hitler's foundational thinking was in evolution. 
All the evil men of our world have had their thinking based in evolution because it talks about the survival of the fittest. And even today, the abortion issue is built and founded in evolution because there's no God, so you can do whatever you please. And as our world gets along, we're going to see things that are going to blow us out of the water when it comes to think. There's also the gap theory, thinking there's a period between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2. And I think that we need to understand as believers that the Word of God is our final authority when it comes to the Word of God. It's our final authority for Christian living. We accept it all or we don't accept any of it. And one of the things that also led me on this journey is that Jill and I were talking a, f- a month or so ago about a particular Bible study that's is going around and we we're talking about how this particular person who was wrote, this, wrote the Bible study we know, or Jill knows, and how she just botched and butchered the scriptures. And we need to be so in touch with the word of God and understand that God has a plan for us from the beginning of time till the end of time. And in the middle of the scriptures, we see an amazing thing that God sent his son into this world through an infant babe. And while he lived on this earth, his glory was veiled in his humanity. Only God could do that. He was the son of the living God. And we go over to Revelations 1, chapter 1, and John sees and hears this noise and turns and sees the glorified Lord Jesus and he fell as a dead man to the ground. We know when we go back to creation, Jesus was there. And we need to rethink, we need to, if we're being programmed by evolution, we need to rethink and reprogram ourselves. Every time you turn the news on, every time you listen to the weather, it's billions of years, and our weather's getting bad, we've got climate change. The worst thing that's impacting our nation at the moment is the religion of the environment and climate change. Because I'll tell you now that if I believe that one day soon the church will be raptured, and then there'll be a period of God's judgment on this world, and then Christ is going to come back and rule and reign on this world with us as kings and priests, and he'll be here for a thousand years. So there's at least another thousand years to go, folks. So you can pitch the climate change theory out the window because it's of the devil. God tells us in the last days we'll see weather events in the scriptures that we've never seen before. And it's been hijacked by the evil one. And how that climate change and the religion of environment and all those things is affecting nearly everyone in, our, in the world today and working in the agricultural industry, I see it so much. And yet I was talking to a farmer the other day that, who is using modern day equipment and he's struggling because the chemical they use to kill the weeds, about 12 or 15 weeds are actually resistant to that chemical. He said, what do I do? The girl is cursed at the fall. Evolutionist has derailed Christians and the church into thinking evolution was a part of creation. It's a part of the evil one to deceive us. Sadly, many pastors in our country do not teach at all the biblical account of creation because it's too controversial. 
heard that word before when it comes to some certain access to biblical theology. The first attack from the evil one in the garden in Genesis 3, verse 1 to 5, was an attack on the authority of God's word. Let me read it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which Yahweh God had made, and he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said? Has, indeed, has God said? And when you look at that particular passage, the devil used scripture. Has indeed God, God said, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat from it, and you shall not touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely will die. For God knows that in that day you will eat from it, and your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I don't know why Adam didn't step in. But anyhow... The first attack on the word of God is right there by the evil one. Has not God said? And we need to get that understanding and we need to examine the truth. We need to have financial think, foundational thinking grounded in the word of God. If God can, in eternity past, mastermind the plan of salvation... And at the time you had, and that time he had you and me in his crosshairs. Before the foundation of the world, he had you and me in his crosshairs. He knew that he would send a saviour to the world. Because the God in Genesis 1.1 is not only the creator God, he is the redeemer God. Also, God was planning to build a world. In Psalm 11.3 it says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The very foundations of our society is being pulled out from under us with this culture war that is raging against God, his church and us as believers. Our country is becoming less Christian every day. Do we think, how do we think foundationally? Is the teaching in our church foundational teaching? I was watching a video of a large ministry in Australia a few weeks ago, which really alarmed me as they were saying at this point in time, 75% of the youth that have grown up in the church are leaving the church. And where if you've got kids in a in university, you've got kids in a state, private, uh, pri well, private schools as well, they've been taught evolution. There was a, about three or four years ago, there was a, a number of students doing a medical uh, degree in Monash University and a large percentage of those were Christians, which is great to see. So the faculty of the university decided that they need to be able to, they need a, a whole semester on evolution. Whatever that has to do with 
medical science, I have no idea. The whole purpose was that, to destroy their faith. And we are young people that are in schools. The attack on those, I know for a fact in preschool and grade one, in our state schools, they are teaching transgenderism and gender ideology. That should alarm every one of us that have children, teenagers, young adults and grandchildren. In our world today, as born-again believers, we need and must have a thorough understanding of God and who he is and the foundation that he has set and recorded for us to guide us and help us in this wicked and perverse world and culture of our day. God speaks to us through his final revelation, and that's the word of God. To hear from God, we need to spend time in his word, and that's a big challenge for me. It is for you. Spending time with the Bible open in our arms, asking God, the Spirit of God, to reveal the word of God to us. Biblical culture will always confront the culture of the day. There is nothing biblical in our world view. The biblical worldview will always confront and conflict with the world, the natural worldview. Everything, as I said in our in, in early before, everything in our world today had its origins in Genesis one to eleven which helps us as believers to face and answer battles we face in the world today. When building a house or any project, we must get the foundations right. And it's so important to get our biblical foundations right so as believers we can continue to grow strong in the faith and walk with God each day in in this evil culture we live in. And one of the things that I think is missing in our churches today is discipleship and accountability. When God walked, when God walked on this earth through the Lord Jesus, his primary ministry was to 12 men. He spent most of his time. Actually, a researcher has gone through the New Testament and said that 65% of the Lord's time on earth was spent with 12 men. 65%. That's pretty amazing. And he spent time with those men individually and as a group. And that's true discipleship. And taught them how they might grow in the grace of God and also instructed them what would happen to them. And every single one of those suffered a martyr's death. But every, as a result of the time he spent with those men in the next 300 years, the whole known world at that time was evangelised with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move to Genesis chapter 1. That's a long introduction. What is the setting here in Genesis 1? I like to, when I expository teach and preach, is to go and see what's going on in this book. Why is the book written? What's happening in the surrounds? But the very first book in the Genesis, the very first book in the Bible... There's not much to go back to, you think, but there's a whole lot. The setting here in Genesis is eternity past. Well, God is not subject to time. 
space or matter. So God goes from eternity to eternity. But for us in our humanness, we refer to it as eternity past. That's before creation, before the foundations of the world. What happened in eternity past? The plan to create a perfect world. The plan to create man and in his own image. And also the plan of salvation. You might think that's so contradictory, but that's God. And when I think about creation, God spoke it into existence because he's an all-powerful God. The creation was completed and it was perfect. In Psalm 90, verse 2, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And I can't get my head around that one. And there's many places in the scriptures I can't get my head around because it's a God thing. And we as in our humanness need to understand that. In Genesis 1.1 we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Let's look at the first four words in, this, in the Bible. In the beginning God. Many believe that God the Father was the only one responsible for creating the world and everything that exists in the world today. It's important for us to understand that all three members of the Trinity were active in creation and are still active in our world and in our lives today. Here in the first few words of, first few words of God's word is the Trinity. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was there and involved in creation. Let me stop here for a minute. Let's get our heads around this a bit. We can't. The eternal Son of God who was with God, the eternal God, in eternity past, which has no beginning, came to this world and was born as a baby. The God incarnate, the God, the eternal Son of God, became flesh that we might be redeemed from our sin. God had this plan from eternity past and God makes no mistakes and you're thinking, why would he create a world? Why would he create a world that's perfect and knew that it was going to be marred by sin? You know why? Because he loves us. He wanted to have relationship with us from eternity past. Was that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was there and involved in creation, was present in, with all his glory, was there and involved the eternal Son of God. John 1, verse 1 to 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and in the beginning... He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has not come into being. John 1. Every New Testament writer refers to creation. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God having spoken long ago to the fathers 
in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days spoke to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds revelation 1 7 and this is john saying when i saw him i fell at his feet like a dead man and he placed his right hand on me saying do not fear i am the first and the last and in colossians 1 15 it says who is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation the holy spirit the spirit of god was there in genesis 1 2 we read and all the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the spirit of the waters the spirit of god was there the triune god was there the father the son the holy spirit were involved in creation and genesis 1:26 says and then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness so that we will have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds and of the sky and of the cattle and over all the earth and everything that creeps on the earth god's name in hebrew in genesis 1 is elohim it's in the plural so right from the beginning the very first verse in scripture reveals the truth god not only existed but he existed in three persons god is eternal from eternity to eternity from the very first scripture and the very first word biblical theology and doctrine is revealed as i mentioned earlier every biblical doctrine and theology has its basis or origin in genesis 1 to 11. so it's fundamental to our biblical understanding who our god is and how the three persons worked in tandem and also bring glory to one another we know in the great high priestly prayer in john 17 we read jesus spoke these things and lifted his eyes to heaven and he said father the hour has come glorify your son that your son may glorify you never once has the trinity worked any anywhere near disharmony though totally united and totally committed to fulfill the father's will So it's important to understand and get a hold of where we find foundational thinking or foundational theology. As I mentioned earlier, every biblical theology and doctrine has its foundations in these first few chapters. Here we see in Genesis 1.1, biblical doctrine 101, God. God starts his word with himself and he has every right to. And our focus needs to be on him. Let's look at the rest of this verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As mentioned before, the setting or background here in Genesis is eternity past. Then God spoke all of creation into existence because he's an all-powerful God. He's an all-powerful God. And all creation was complete and it was perfect. God, the triune God, created is a word in a verb in hebrew speaks directly of the creator god's creativity speaks of the creator's god activity alone speaks of absolute power of the living god and this is the only place in scripture this actual word is and it's associated only with god 
which God speaks, which speaks something only the Creator God can do. And everything in that first, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Everything in our world is wrapped up in that verse. And the next few verses through 26 reveals how God spoke the world into existence and how he built it by plan. He didn't put the grass out there in day one. He built it in a design. It's interesting as you do more study in this particular area, as science goes along, the science of information, it's called, actually proving scripture every day. Every day. And the word created here is a verse, speaks of something new is being established out of nothing. The word is ex nihilo. Something out of nothing, it's a special creation in six consecutive days, 24 hour days. And that can be, there's many passages of scripture that talks about days and those days are 24 hour days and it refers back to creation and it refers back to that. So the six days, 24 hour days. In the beginning, God created time, matter and space that weren't there before. As the context here, as one commentator has put it, the context demands directly that this was creation without pre-existing material ex nihilo. So when we come to the word of God, do we believe it or we don't? And there's some people think that this part's, we don't need this part, or we, this part says this, or try and spiritualise it. This is a literal account of God's creation of the world that we live in. And that would put our world approximately six to 7,000 years old. That flies in the face of predominantly most things out there today that when you turn on the news, oh, someone's found this fossil that's a billion, billions of years old. Evolution has to grow with that billions of years because I'm not a doctor, but in your eye, one cell in your eye has one hundred and, sorry, 160 million bits of information in your eye. And in that information is things that actually make it work, help it work and repair it. It doesn't make a new cell. Everything's built into that. And that formed by evolution? Does that come from a piece of slime? I don't think so. God is the creator God, intelligent designer that created us in his image. In Genesis 1-2, the earth was with form and void and the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And you know, in Genesis 1, 3, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And as I was studying this, this is not the sun or the moon, because it was created about day four. And I'm thinking, you know, the Bible refers to God is the light. He's the light of the world. I believe that light is his light. And when you read about the glorified Lord appearing before John in Genesis, sorry, Revelations 1. The glory of the Lord is so bright. I believe heaven will be lit by the glory of God. It's so bright. And we'll need to be transformed to be able to experience that because it's so amazing. 
In Isaiah 40, verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these stars, the one who leads forth their hosts by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his vigour and the strength of his power. None of them is missing. We go on and on and on. My time is gone. I do apologise for keeping you late. As I said, every New Testament writer refers to the creator God of the universe. And when we come to foundational thinking, I've just covered verse 1, verse 2 and, and so on. It's been very brief. But until we get a greater understanding of the foundational truths of the word of God, we're going to have trouble dealing with the culture that we live in. And we know that um, there is an answer. And when you're talking to people about things and they're not worried about the things in our culture, they're blinded to the truth of the word of God. Romans 1, God gave them over to themselves and as God has given over this world the prince of the power of the air is the evil one and we as believers need to know that that's the reality but God has given us through the power of the work of God in our lives the power of the Holy Spirit to live within our lives to live, a, live, live the Christian life of one of victory and we all sin you've only got to be in the Toowoomba traffic for five minutes and you'll get in the flesh And we need the grace of God in our lives. We need to confess God, our sin. And he, with his graciousness and mercy, puts us back into that right relationship with him. That's a God thing. That's an amazing thing, just like creation. God spoke creation into existence. He's given us the Holy Spirit that we might live a life of confession and surrender to him each moment of each day, that he can grab take our lives and live his life out through us. Just like a coat, the Holy Spirit fills us and gives us the empowerment to live the life he's called us to live in this evil world. What an amazing God we have. What an amazing God. Let's not the corrupt, evil thinking and the culture impact our thinking. Let's get back to biblical foundational thinking and take the word of God as it is because it is God's revelation to us from first one of Genesis to the last verse of Revelation. God has a plan. God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for the church worldwide. The bride of Christ and one day he's going to take us out and he's going to pour out his judgment upon the sin of this world and he's going to come back and we're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years you know over in second peter the amazing thing god has the ability to create the world and if you go over to second peter i think it's in chapter three he has the ability to decreate the world because he's going to burn it up he has the ability to decreate it and then create a whole brand new one that's the power of my god and your god let's pray father we thank you so much for your word this morning We thank you that you are the creator God. You are our redeemer. And we're going to remember that in a few moments around the communion table. That you came to this world as the redeemer to purchase our souls. 
that we might be saved forever and brought into your family. Father, we thank you for your word and may we cherish your word and may we grow in the grace of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ by accepting your word as your revelation to us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and God bless you.